I would trade his ass to Alaska right at this moment. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, but hold on, hold on. I just want to backtrack. Were you? Are you seriously saying that Ben Simmons might be one of the faces of the NBA? I feel like he's just no, not no, that no, guy. No, 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 no. I oh, you literally just wanted to take a shot at him. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the 82nd episode of the Youth Out Sports Podcast. If you're wondering why I am doing the introduction for consecutive episodes, because Wyatt is at a golf tournament that he is promptly returning from right now, will probably join us midway through the show. But I'm Jared, joined by the usual cast of Lucas, Aiden, and Bart. And as I said, Wyatt will be joining shortly. Let's get right into it. We got a jam-packed episode of college football, a lot of NBA, a lot of news we missed as well. <laughs> Starting with, let's start with the most important news. Madden teased its new cover with an image of two goats. Any guesses on that, on who that could be? I'm going to venture a wild guess and say Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> What about Tom Brady though? and Kyle Trask, yeah. okay? <laughs> oh, that would be crazy. Joe Montana, maybe? Oh. I could see that. Yeah. It could be. Has Patrick Mahomes been on the cover yet? Oh. Wasn't he could like just him? two years ago? Maybe. Yeah, I think you're right, Bart. Oh, probably after his 50 touchdown season. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was two years ago. Okay, gotcha. Whoa. Next news, we're going to go over to the NBA. The Phoenix Suns finished their sweep on the Denver Nuggets. We're not going to get into that too much, but Aiden uh, was mad that we didn't give him credit for his prediction back in January, I believe, where he booked that the Suns would make the Western Conference Finals. So kudos to Aiden. Yeah, and I booked it even though everyone was telling me that it was too crazy to book. If you go back and listen, everyone was like, no, don't book that. Don't do that, dude. Uh, I still booked it. (laughs) We peer pressured him. I was totally peer pressured into doing it, but... Um, thank you. Pure but a good guess. Good. Aiden's a clairvoyant. It's pretty crazy. Um, Always son. In that series, uh, Nikola Jokic becomes the first MVP since 1989 to be swept in the playoffs. I didn't know that. Last one was Magic Johnson in the finals, apparently. Interesting. Oof. So, I mean, it's whatever. He had, like, two hurt starters at least, right? So yeah. that's, 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 that's tough for him. Uh, so some Mavs news right here. Luka Doncic intends to sign the Supermax this summer, but his long-term future with the Mavs is not guaranteed. There's some sort of rifts within the organization. The Mavs also parted away with their GM, so there's a lot of change going on in Dallas. They're definitely – maybe Mark Cuban is feeling some pressure to, to win now, do whatever he needs to, to make Luka happy. So any other thoughts on that? No. Cool. Uh <laughs> Let's move on then. We're, we're flip-flopping. NFL news. Le'Veon Bell blamed another coach for his shortcomings. Kind of surprisingly says he will never play for Andy Reid ever again. I think he like kind of apologized or something later, yes. right? I didn't quite see the exact tweet or whatever he said. Maybe he put out a statement. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think the original thing was like in the comment section for some Instagram posts like... I don't know about some McDonald's thing. It was super random where it was stated in the first place. I think he commented on some like McDonald's post and people were like, oh, Le- Le'Veon Bell's here. Like, let's ask him questions. And oh that's when gosh. he <laughs> dissed like an IG Andy live Reed. or something where they just Exactly. Him. So, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, but like, who's the common common denominator? Exactly. In, like, I, yeah, exactly. I find it hard to believe that Andy Reid is like, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, some more important NFL news. Gardner Minshew shaved off his mullet. No. The Jaguars are willing to... T- this is Wyatt writing this. 
This look at this juxtaposition. Gardner Minshew shaved off his mullet. Period. The Jaguars are willing to trade him for a sixth round pick. Nice juxtaposition right there, Wyatt. Um Hey, I'm just saying this could be a new Gardner Minshew that starting position battle. I don't know, could it be closer than we think? No, it's not close. <laughs> but it's gonna be sleeker now without the mullet. Oh yeah. So he's gonna the locks. There's only room for like one one nice one nice Whoa. hairdo, I guess. So, uh, Stefan Gilmore apparently did will not or did not report to Patriots minicamp, and many believe this is over a contract dispute. We might be able to we might have some more discussions on that later. Uh, more contract disputes, trades, all that stuff. Russell Wilson claims he never requested a trade from the Seahawks, which I'm pretty sure was the story all along. I don't think he ever got to the point where he requested a trade. So it's kind of a non-story, is it not? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. So unfortunately, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, more NBA news that like so much came in since we did the outline. Kawhi like hurt his knee, tore his ACL. I don't know. He's out indefinitely, as as far as I last saw. And then Chris Paul is in the COVID nineteen like health and safety protocol, which is this is wild. A lot of, I mean, I, we, we'll probably get into this topic in some other week, but. The playoffs have been completely derailed by injuries this year. It's been pretty crazy. So, um, Other NBA news. Van Gundy with New Orleans and Scott Brooks with the Wizards were both let go. Uh, was it Nate McMillan with the Pacers was also let go? Is that right? No, he's the coach of the Hawks now. He's let go at like, the beginning of the year. Gotcha. Yeah, what? the guy who was let go was like a rookie coach. Yeah. I don't even remember his name because oh, yeah. he was gotcha. so insignificant. And yeah, apparently, <laughs> yeah, apparently he like, lost the I simply the team wish he everyone... did. Yeah. <laughs> there was he a lot was... of drama around this rookie coach. I feel like apparently oh. he lost the team and everyone really disliked him. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, rough. Sorry for unnamed oh, rookie gets... coach. <laughs> I think I saw that Terry Stotts was like a front runner for that role, actually, which mm. is interesting, but uh last two news this i thought this was funny apparently cristiano ronaldo caused the market value of coca-cola to drop by four billion dollars by simply removing two bottles from a press conference table and asking for water uh which is funny coca-cola's statement to this was everyone is entitled to their drink preferences very diplomatic (laughs) well he's a professional soccer player who needs to take care of his body and he doesn't want coke exactly exactly his body is a temple Exactly. <laughs> Gotta be careful. Uh, and then last NBA MLB news that we haven't talked about. We haven't talked about the MLB in a while, obviously. Uh, the MLB is cracking down on foreign substances used by pitchers. Spin rate is down for you sabermetricians <gasps> out there. Um, <laughs> Jacob Degrom's spin rate is up, so exactly. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that's a but, there we go. but yeah, check uh, check Trevor Bauer who in the past, oh, yeah. like, two years ago, complained a, a bunch about how pitchers were using foreign substances. Then last year, went quiet on it, and his spin rate went up. His went Ooh. down this week. Garrett Cole's went way down this week. Also, Garrett Cole was asked about it in an interview. He was asked, like, if he'd ever used, like, Spidey Tack or one of some, like, <laughs> apparently common foreign substance. Um, and okay. he was, like, he paused for six seconds and then said, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> what? <laughs> The Yankees are cheaters. So, that's why, like, so yeah, exactly. And he's now. an ex-Astro, so that's not a <laughs> oh my god, not, yeah, right. not a great look. Um, oh, but anyway, so yeah, lots of lots of drama to come. Um, I don't know how to answer that simple <laughs> yes or no question. Uh, All right, let's jump into our proper segments here. First off, as some of you probably saw, 
uh, the NCAA football world has been shaken by a new <laughs> proposed playoff format. Um, they're proposing 12 teams under which the top four ranked conference championship teams would get a first round bye, and independent teams such as our beloved Notre Dame couldn't be higher than a fifth seed. So, Jared, we've talked a lot about the playoff format in the past. I know you're going to feel pretty strongly about this. What do you think about this hypothetical format? Fans in college football and the college football powers that be want college football to be NFL light. That's just the way it's going, and that's what this plan does, I think. The plan says, you know what? Actually, the regular season doesn't matter, or at least September and October games don't matter. Yes, November games are going to matter a little bit, but I think we can't forget about those. We Or now we can. Let's just forget about those three to four weeks where you lost. As long as you win your conference, you're all good. You can lose six games and make the tournament now, which is pretty crazy. That would... Uh, so anyway, let's get into it. I have mixed feelings. Obviously, the positives. I mean, the 14 playoff, I'm like, I have been a pretty fierce defender of it, but there is no rebuttal to the fact that the group of five, like, I mean, doesn't practically does not have a shot, right, at the 14 format. And this guarantees, actually, that a group of five team will come in because the top six conference champions are guaranteed access. Obviously, there's a power five, so <laughs> there's at least one group of five team can make it. But theoretically, more could if they were mm-hmm. ranked higher than the power five. And, and uh, by like a power five conference which would be interesting or i guess you'd have to have two conferences right but anyway this makes the new year six bowl games a lot more important as well where like people aren't going to be sitting out the rose bowl anymore or the cotton bowl if anybody cares about that bowl anymore i only care about the rose bowl really <laughs> being a west coaster but um there here's some other things though that i i do want to preserve the importance of the regular season i think that's what makes college football interesting and I think any format where like a four-loss team can make the tournament is not going is going to make me cringe. You know, it just defeats the purpose of a lot of the purpose of the regular season. And I've heard people say like, right, that November games are going to be more important for more teams, which is true. Mm-hmm. And Mike Greenberg on his solo show argued that there there's only like two important games a week because there's only two games he'll sit down to watch, other than Northwestern. But I think that misses the point. <laughs> in that top teams have to beat their cupcakes, and every game is a play-in in a, in a, in, in a sense where that urgency is lost in this new format right and so people basically you know they were complaining about bowl games being irrelevant now basically just swap bowl games for being irrelevant for the regular season to be irrelevant obviously not completely irrelevant you still have to win games but i don't know if the 12 team format started back in 2014 there were four instances where a team outside the top 12 would have made it due to conference championships and I, I can't remember the number. There was a lot of instances where a team ranked in the top 12 would have missed it. So um, I think I think that's interesting. That's not something I like. This is my biggest gripe with it, though, is why practically I know the answer to it, but why do we care so darn much about conferences and who wins your conference? The practical reason is that the playoff is controlled by the conference commissioners. So, of course, they're going to lobby for their conferences to, to have, like, guaranteed access. But inherently, I don't understand why it matters so much, and it's so stupid that Notre Dame could finish 12-0 and 0 and be the fifth seed. It's, it's just stupid. I'm going to end it there. I still have a lot other a lot of other stuff that I want to kind of focus on, but that's where I'm going to start right there. Yeah. In defense of the conference thing, I mean, it's the only objective measure you have in college football, How's truly, it at that point. Because you, you crown a winner. Like, there is somebody who has won the conference. Like, it's not like, you know, hypothetically, who would win between Oklahoma and Iowa State, like, if we have that debate. Like, you are crowning a winner between those two teams. You've decided who's the better. 
in the context of like a uh like in the context of the conference championship so it's like in essence like a playing game and it serves as like a first playoff thing but is 12 and 0 subjective 12 and 0 is pretty objective I don't know you how many times, Notre Dame gone, how many times has yeah. Notre Dame gone twelve and zero or eleven and one and then get smacked in the first round of the playoffs? Like... <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter though. It matters that they they get a bye. They don't have a chance to get a bye, and that helps. And that helps teams. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I agree the Notre Dame thing is dumb, but like, I think that like, um, I get the appeal of putting in conference teams. I don't get why they have to be the top four seeds. That's the thing that doesn't make sense in this playoff yeah. format. Like, why? Yeah. Why can Notre Dame not in theory be a top four seed? And, like, I've heard arguments that this is, like, great for Notre Dame. One reason... There was an article in USA Today that I read that really tried to make the case that this was good for Notre Dame. Um, (laughs) And it was just, like, option one was that, well, a team will have to play a game in South Bend in December. Well, I'm like, wouldn't it be better if they just didn't have to play that game at all? <laughs> yeah. Automatically in the final four. Here's the other thing um, real quick, too, is most of our players are from California. They're not used yeah. to playing in these cold weather games. So, like, we don't get be- we don't get advantage by playing in, in like, South Bend in December or whatever. I, I don't buy that. Personally. Yeah, okay. Let me find it. The second uh, <laughs> uh, point that it made was that now nobody can say Notre Dame doesn't play an extra game every year. <laughs> okay, I mean, I get that. We, we don't play 13 games, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, well, like, I don't need to... Hold on. And the last point was that um, the the first... More slots is just better for everybody, so they'd have a better chance to make it. No, okay, that's the... that's <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm just going off, but this... That's but, so dumb. Paul Feinbaum and Heather Dennis were like, Notre Dame's catching a break from this system. We've made no, the playoff two times already in a four-team format. We don't need a break. No, it's stupid. It's... And, like, sorry, no offense to... Hold on, let me find the name of the man who wrote this, uh, woman who wrote this article, but I'm going to put them on blast. <laughs> because they, it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, so, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with... Sorry, the Apple News app is opening up. For listeners of the pod, it's been a rough night. The Sixers just blew a 26-point lead and are now essentially out of the playoffs, so... <laughs> Um, you know, whatever I say, take it with a grain of salt. But Eric Hansen from ND Insider, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll tweet at you. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I just don't at all get the argument that like it's better for Notre Dame. I don't think you can in any way logically make that case. Yeah. Also, Jack Swarbrick was on the team that the Notre Dame athletic director was on the team that made this proposal. So I'm confused about why that's in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. Just join a conference. Do, yeah. Like, does that the, indicate that? Yeah. That they're going to join I the guess. ACC in you know, the next. The ACC is not our conference. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Join Big the Big Ten would, Ten would make way more sense. But yeah. Here's another thing. This is what I want to throw out there, too. The selection process is going to be a lot less fun. Which you know might not be that important to everybody, but last time on the, when we were talking about the top the the playoff expansion, everybody was like, "Are you kidding?" People argue over the last four in on the March Madness tournament every like every year. If it was that fun, we would be talking about it every week of the season. Nobody cares about the fifty eighth team that made it. They're not gonna make a gripe about oh this fifty eighth best team didn't make the sixty four uh, seed tournament, right? If it was that important, people would be talking about it every week of the season, like we do in college football. And now I think a lot of that's going to be lost. Which, you know, whatever. It's I get, I get that, but I like the subjectivity and the debates 
around college Yeah, football. I mean, I, I, I've always said I'm an advocate for an 18 playoff. I think 12 is, like, yeah. jumping too far too quick. <laughs> that way you put in the top six conference champions and two wild cards. And there's still, like, a lot of debate over who those last two teams are. But I feel like, yeah. I don't know, maybe you see how, I, I think jumping to 12 is a little too much, a little too quick. I think eight is, like, the a number you should go for at this point and then see what works from there. Yeah. I feel like four, we have too much. No, we have like too much subjective debates about it where it's like that team totally could like actually make some noise here, but they're not going to make it or they're going to be the five or the six. So I don't know. There's a line. Obviously, it's not 64. Um, I agree with Lucas. I don't think it's 12. I think eight would have like also from a just scaling up standpoint, like why go from four to 12? Why not go from four to eight? And then if there's an issue, move up later. Um but I don't think it's ridiculous the idea of letting more teams in so that we don't have as many super subjective debates debates where you have a conference winner like not make it kind of thing. I think that's strange. Or like a power five conference winner not make it. <laughs> Bart, I, I heard you I, I not heard you. I saw you smirking over there. No, I was just gonna I don't know that I subscribe to the idea of we need more subjectivity. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I I really like the fact that you get more games and you let them prove it because upsets yeah. are fun in the first place. I'm totally down to see a 12 seed beat the, I guess it would be the five seed in the first round. Yeah. Like I, I know that it's football and you typically don't want players to play a ton of extra games just because it's so hard on their bodies. But like that aside, I think it's great. And like we, you were saying earlier, Jared, it makes the bowl games interesting again. And I mean, I also... I like going up to 12 over 8 because this way you get to have the bye week thing, right? Which does yeah. make regular season games important more so than like 8 would, right? Yeah, you can't that's just true. Like, I mean, you're, like the top four teams at least will have something to fight for. I mean, I guess sometimes yeah. conference champions aren't like super uh, up in the air in the final weeks, but I still yeah. like it. I think, I think 12 is fine, personally. I agree with Bart as far as the matchup goes because you get to see matchups where a team in Florida gets to play a team in Notre Dame in the middle of December. Or, you know, you get to see other random matchups that we normally don't see because a lot of the teams cupcake their schedule up until this point. Mm -hmm. So you get to watch Notre Dame play against, let's say, Georgia, or you get to watch Ohio State play against um, Texas, if Texas were to make it. Because you don't normally get to see those matchups. I think it's fun. I think it's going to add maybe more of a professional feel to the playoffs. I think that's what they're hoping for. NCAA likes to pretend like they're amateur, but they're they want to be a big <laughs> business like the NFL. So yeah. I think this is with I agree with Bart that this would be fun to watch some of the matchups, and then you get to really see who the best team is. Because if number one Alabama just gets to march its way through, the number one Alabama yeah. deserves it. And if number twelve team is able to beat number one Alabama by the time that comes around, then they deserve it just as much. Yeah, and I think from a pure entertainment standpoint too, like. I do get a little sick and tired of just watching the same four teams every year. So, like, while it yeah. might not be the ideal situation, I think it is just better to, like... Like, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, too, but, like, it hurts college football because it creates, like, the elite and then all the best prospects go there. And, like, yeah. the only way to sort of level the playing field is to put more teams in the playoffs, and that's what they're doing. So, like, even if it's not perfect, I think it's better and an improvement over what happened before. Yeah. 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 This is the other thing we have to mention, though. Why I alluded to it is that unpaid players are going to be playing an NFL length season. If if a 12 seed or a seed that does not get a first round bye and plays in a conference championship goes all the way, they'd play 17 games. That's ridiculous. They can't. They can't do that. 
Do you have to do? Yeah, they have, there has to be major changes. Maybe it opens the door to to something like that, where they get to get more money from some sort of stream of revenue, sponsors or something like that, commercials during some of these bigger games. Who knows? I mean, or yeah, just shorten the regular season. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but the more, yeah, the more take out one of the FCS games, you know, exactly. that everyone plays. Mm-hmm. Like the more games they add, the more it it chips away at like why it said the amateur model and that like their students first. Yeah. Because that the reason they're adding games is for, so they can get more money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they were they uh, were yeah. never amateur. They just also they just lied. <laughs> something along the lines of them trying to make more money. Um, the first round's gonna be them like the the higher seed will play at home, right? But after that, it's all gonna be at neutral sites, right? Which yeah sucks. And I like I just think that's stupid. I think the set at least the one verse eight round like. I think it's stupid that Bama has to play that at some random neutral site, even though they'll probably mm. still have um, more fans there. <laughs> like the fact, yeah, I, I don't think there's any character to playing something at some random stadium in Orlando. Like, it's not why not it's the Orange Bowl or whatever or yeah. whatever. In the in the one verse eight game, like, is that gonna be the Orange Bowl? I don't like. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah think the, the, the New Year's Six Bowls are like the, I think the, uh, yeah, the one verse eight that sort of stuff game. They're not going to be the semis. I, I assume they'd be the semis, but I guess that's wrong. I don't think so. I don't know. Well, if you went with the semis and then the championship, you'd only get three bowls out of there, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's how they currently do it, right? So are they. Mm, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. They'd like, have to change it. Well, like... see, the problem is that the, the, the bowls have like a lot of power in college football, like the big bowls. Yeah. And like you can't do the bowls outside of a 12 team playoff. You're going to have like 16 versus unranked people like in your in the yeah order. yeah right i just don't think like what's going to be the value and i guess this is already an issue it's the bowls that are played in the for the um semis but it's like what's the value of winning a game that's not like a final to some degree like you win the orange bowl and then you sold two games to play like, that's <laughs> stupid just think if you're gonna do it like why try to combine the systems I get that there's a lot of money involved in the bowls, but you you have to they like yeah. they they can't really I feel like they don't have a choice, yeah. right? I don't know. I, I really don't like the bowls being irrelevant. I would rather go back to the BCS and have bowls be relevant <laughs> again than keep the four team system. Yeah. yeah, okay. I just don't think the bowls relevant if it's a Bama versus Cincinnati, and I don't know in the I mean, uh, round three of a like. <laughs> but at still least two yeah. Rounds to go. Uh, yeah. Since it's in the playoff, they can advertise it a bunch, and more people will probably watch it this way. I don't yeah. know. Maybe not if it's a one versus eight, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. It's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll need to see how people exactly. People will always watch football. People oh, they will. will. Well, that's it. why they're doing it. But, like, right. I think it's stupid. I think it would be a lot more fun to see, like, number eight come into you know, number one's home and have to play there. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. like, yeah, yeah. I like that's, there's so much fun around coming <laughs> to someone's stadium and game day being there. And like the, you know, the craziness of the fans. Like, I don't think you get that at some random site. You don't. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> so Jared, I'm going to, I'm going to, since you started this year, the segment, I'm going to throw a follow-up question to you. ESPN is touting that this format will save college football. Is college football even in a position where it needs to be saved? No. So here's my problem with ESPN, right? Is that they they control the college football playoff. They have exclusive rights to it, and they're the same. So they're the same ones that basically said the playoffs the only thing that matters, right? 
And then so and then they're blaming and then they're blaming the system they created that like oh we they they destroyed college football when I feel like a lot of it is their fault. Like a lot of the thing too is when this is kind of the Mike Greenberg talked about this with the NBA. He said that like I don't remember people talking about legacy that are rings in terms of legacy before LeBron came into the league when they started with comparing LeBron and MJ. <clears throat> now that's all they now that's all we talk about when we talk about legacy and that sort of pressure that like they created forced LeBron to move to the Heat and to the Cavs and to the Lakers and KD to go to the Warriors. He thinks he thinks that like that aspect has like shifted a lot of the way NBA players think about their career. And I think ESPN like kind of realizes Greenberg at least realizes the influence they have over like national discourse and they have a monopoly on college football. Basically. Like we talked about it a couple months ago when they got at the SEC rights as well. So like they, and they, you know, there's somebody up there high up that hates Notre Dame and loves to put in like Brian Kelly sucks in big games and all that. Like they are, they are the, like they push that narrative. They are holding that narrative up. I don't know. I, I think it annoys me a little bit. I mean, I, I still watch ESPN, obviously. There's a lot of stuff that annoys me about it, though. They're talk show personalities, <laughs> at least. For sure. It feels the same about when you mentioned about Monday Night Football and the Kirk Cousins stats, yeah. is that maybe they're just pushing the fact that Monday Night Football is so important. It, that's exactly what but they're doing. But they're the ones who hold Monday Night Football. So I can see where you're coming from from that point. Yeah. Anyway, I did like, want to get All you have to do there. is... <laughs> Is get it off your yeah. chest and feel better about it. I feel really good. Yeah. A weight's right. been lifted. <laughs> also, just like, <laughs> with, oh, sorry, just like with how many people watch, like we were just saying, college football is still really popular, right? Like, yeah. by what standard are they saying it needs to be saved? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's, sure, a, it's a fun playoff, narrative. Yeah. The playoff exactly. got boring, right? But I think the regular right, season was just as exciting as ever. As I mean, ever. Night, right? Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Especially when we yeah. come back from, from the COVID seasons. It's, yeah. 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 All right, so we're going to move on to some professional football, NFL as you know it. Um, we're going to start with the Packers, who may be in love at first sight or having buyer's remorse. According to Bill Huber uh, the pa- of Packers Central, Jordan Love had a really bad first day of minicamp, an exceptional second day of minicamp with a really impressive two-minute drill, and a very average third day of minicamp. So, Bart, I'm going to ask you, what does a win look like for the Packers and Jordan Love? And what is the likelihood that a win actually happens? Uh, so, I, yeah, I just want to say I love these training camp headlines because they're always just, like, all over the place. And you really have no idea. Like, I, would, I need to see it to believe it. Um, let's be clear. The first and foremost win for the Packers would obviously be Aaron Rodgers coming back. They sweep all this beef under the rug. He shows up. He doesn't even have to play in the preseason. Literally show up at the stadium for week one. If he plays... That's the biggest win for the Packers because obviously he was so good last year. He was the MVP. They reached the NFC Championship game. They only lost to the Super Bowl champs by five points. So obviously they're contenders again if Aaron Rodgers shows up. Odds of that happening, in my opinion, like 10, 15%. What? Uh, Yeah, I think. That he plays for the Packers this season? Yes. Wow. The rift is wide. And it's only getting wider, it seems. Wow. He's saying everything that suggests he has no interest in coming back. Yeah. I honestly would not be stunned if he retires. He's saying yeah. everything. The Packers front office doesn't seem to really be saying the right things. Mark Murphy in particular, the CEO, is like, I mean, yeah, he's just like clowning him almost. So <laughs> I am not optimistic. And maybe as a Vikes fan, I'm being a little bit biased in saying that. But I honestly <laughs> would be surprised if Rodgers comes back now. Like you saw his like, I'm offended shirt. Uh, when he was talking with, about the, the golf matchup thing that he's doing. I don't know if anybody yeah. saw this. Anyways. I did not see it personally. I saw it. I saw it. So, 
the next best win for the Packers would obviously be Jordan Love just taking the reins and being really, really good, just like Aaron Rodgers was when he took over after Brett Favre. I mean, I guess it's like it goes several levels deep because, for one thing, <laughs> Rodgers could still get traded, right? Obviously, they would prefer that over him retiring. They could probably get a couple firsts for him. I think people would agree he's worth at least that. Even though he's 37, he still, like I said, was MVP last year. Secondly, Aaron Rodgers' contract is like $35 million on average over the next three seasons. Jordan Love is also under contract for the next three seasons, but his contract average is like $6 million. So they would save a ton of money if Aaron Rodgers bounced. And like maybe they could finally pair Devontae Adams with like another good receiver for once. You know, they, they're, yeah, they have several places that they could spend that money. Um, I, I mean, yeah, like obviously, lastly, they would want Love to be good because they took him in the first round. <laughs> the GM or somebody in the Packers organization did say recently that Love has, quote, quite a ways to go or something like that, which doesn't bode well. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, obviously, if he had a year to, to you know, learn behind Rodgers. He had decent numbers in college. His sophomore year was much better than his junior season, but still, they took him in the first round. So I think this is much more likely, to, in my opinion, is that Rodgers is gone, love plays, and I think he's just going to end up being decent. Like, I would say anywhere near, like, an MVP level ever, like Rodgers was, I would say there's, like, probably a 30% chance of love reaching that point. Uh, love being like a competent quarterback who can start for them for a couple seasons, I would say is much more likely. And I, that would be where I would put my money if I had to bet on some outcome right now. Is love will start, they'll get a few seasons out of him, but they're going to end up replacing him in a few, a few drafts down the road. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the I don't think the likelihood of Rogers playing the season is as low as ten to fifteen percent though. I feel like it looks like there were signs. I feel like I saw reports like, oh, there were signs that it was the damage was like being mitigated and like the rift was being mended. And I just don't know if I get like Rogers' beef is more just about like his respect and all that stuff, right? But I feel like the Packers still give him like probably the best chance to win outside of like Kansas City, right? Teams that already like have their quarterback. I, I don't know like what other teams he could go to that like you would instantly say this would make him like a top two or three team in the league. Yeah, but maybe he's not looking so much to like win anymore as just like he really seems like he's found some sort of inner peace this offseason. I don't know. Maybe that's like super. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is a little odd. I think Aaron Rodgers is betting on the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers, which is, is really fair because if you look at where the Packers are expected to be without Aaron Rodgers and where the Packers are expected to be with Aaron Rodgers, there's a huge gap. When you look at the if you anybody if you ask anybody if Jordan Love is a starting quarterback, how good do you think the Packers will be? And they probably will say they probably finish somewhere in the middle and they end up drafting anywhere from eleven to seventeen in the next year's draft. If you ask them where they're gonna be with Aaron Rodgers, they're gonna be con- competing for a championship and at the very least the NFC championship. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers say if you trade me to Denver I'm Aaron Rodgers. You trade me to Oakland. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I'll make it work. Or if you trade me to wh- whoever else was to on this Oakland, team, is he going list. to Oakland? The A's or I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, Las Vegas. Um, I forgot who else was on his list, but I bet you he's he's has the idea in his mind, which is very fair, that if he's Aaron Rodgers, he can make any team a championship team, no matter what they have to give mm-hmm. up for. Him. Oh. This is what I think. Okay, this I, I think the relationship is going to be mended, but this is what I think the the Packers front office wants is that they trade Rodgers and and then use whatever pieces they get 
to obviously upgrade the team they have and then win a championship with Jordan Love. That's what the Packers want, like, deep down. They want to, like, oh, they're going to send a message to Rodgers that they don't need him. But here's the thing, though, is if I'm Jordan Love, I'm looking at this, I'm like, they bailed on I, – I mean, I don't really remember about the Brett Favre situation, but, right, they drafted Aaron Rodgers, like, pretty early and then kind of groomed him to be the starter. They bailed on Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen when I get old? They're just going to bail on me, too. Like, like I feel like this is kind of a miscalculation on the Packers' spot where it's like they don't care about their players. They don't care about loyalty, really. Well, I'll tell you what. If I'm Jordan Love, I'm not doing what Aaron Rodgers did, and I'm not signing that last contract extension that I got, um, which were, he I don't remember. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the details. But when I hit 30, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on my own terms. I'm not going to wait till 35 for them to replace me and draft my future quarterback, so... I, I agree with you. I think that the the Packers have this weird philosophy where mm-hmm. they would rather be just good forever rather than great at the expense of bad. So I just they're gonna always try to draft and replace and stay afloat. And if I'm Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, frankly, I would not care anymore. Yeah, and then, and then the thing is that nobody wants to pay, play in Green Bay anyway. They never get free yeah. agents, right? <clears throat> and now they're and now because of like geographically, I think you know, and like cold weather and all that stuff it's not really a big it's like the smallest market i'm pretty sure in potentially all of the three major sports actually um and then you have this management that you can't really trust but it was weird though i mean they paid eddie late uh not eddie lacy who am i thinking of the quarterback for the or uh, the running back for them right now Aaron, Aaron jones. jones i don't know why i was thinking eddie lacy but <laughs> they paid Aaron jones right so I, I don't know they they're just weird they're weird they're being weird right now uh- I don't know if it's fair to say that they are not so much about loyalty. I think this might be just a weird case, and Aaron Rodgers might just be a weird dude, and he took offense to some like random thing. But, and it's like, but, but they did the same thing with Favre. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I don't remember uh, the Favre situation, but yeah, I also don't really. They drafted Rodgers. I, th- I think early. the Favre situation was a bit more fair. Like, I don't know, Favre. Well, was, but Brett wanted to keep like, playing, and then they just said, "Nope, sorry, go." Yeah, he else. did, but I think Aaron Rodgers was a more promising prospect than Jordan Love was. Right. Aaron Rodgers dropped a lot; like he was, he I might mean, have been he, number one overall. Yeah, right? he was picked in the twenties, right, like twenty-five or something. And there were, you know, before that, Jordan people Love thought he could go in the top ten. Whereas Jordan Love wasn't that way. It felt like an yeah, unnatural reach for a quarterback in the first round for a team that didn't need to take a quarterback by any means. Right. Um. So I do think the Packers does like still deserve plenty of hate for the fact that they, you know, like that is an indication that they're thinking about moving on from Rodgers, like whether, right. you know, it's immediate or not. Um, whereas I think the Favre one seemed like more of a value thing at the time. It was like, oh, this guy has dropped yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's, it yeah. seemed a bit more reasonable. And the thing is, is that like, I think a lot, one of Rodgers' like big points was that they didn't tell before they drafted Jordan Love, they didn't give him any heads up. And, um, I mean, the freaking the Bears gave Nick Foles, or not Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, a heads up that they were drafting <laughs> Justin Fields. Like, it's a, a quarterback that they owe nothing to, right? Like, you can't even communicate with your quarterback that, hey, we're going we're gonna to be using our first-round pick on another quarterback who you're paying $30 million. Like, they should be treated differently. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, think, I think that's a fair grade, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Packers are just something else. They're very prideful, I would say. Yeah, and so is Aaron Rodgers. So he is. Yeah, (laughs) good. So we're gonna move to the NBA. 
uh, Lucas might not be happy talking about considering that his Sixers blew a 26 point lead. I was reading that on the way home today and I was blown away that the Sixers. I mean, I feel like everybody's blowing big leads so far in the playoffs. The Bucks just did. I believe, yeah. yeah, it happened. It's happened several times. At least double digit leads have been cut down for another team to at least lose or be, become very close to it. But players just don't know fundamentals anymore. You know, <laughs> exactly. <That's it. laughs> Where's the extra pass? But <laughs> LeBron James is not playing in the playoffs, and maybe he is dethroned. The popular narrative has been that uh, if LeBron James doesn't win the MVP, he's still the best player in the league. However, this season, LeBron was hurt for a large portion of the season, and he was eliminated in the first round. So, Lucas, I'm going to ask you, is LeBron still the best player in the NBA, and who is the current face of the NBA? So, I think in terms of, like, current skill level, I don't think he is anymore. And I think that that's okay that we admit that. Like, he is, at this point, old. He is later in his career. He will not be the greatest basketball player on the planet forever, and he has been the greatest basketball player on the planet for the better part of the last 15 years. And But eventually, your body hits 36, and you're just slowing down, and the injuries <laughs> catch up. He even said himself, like, like he's just never going to be 100% at any point in his career anymore. And is he still an excellent basketball player? Yes. Like he's a top 10 player in the NBA still. But I don't think you can make the argument, maybe, that he is the best anymore i think even this year you can look at it Jokic had a better year dame had a better year i think steph had a better year i think even you can make an argument for luca or Embiid or even Giannis. probably less so Giannis, but i uh Giannis hate getting... on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i mean and even look at how durant played again like when he oh, just yeah. played all 48 minutes like yeah i i think all those guys if like you would ask me who is the better basketball player mm-hmm. right now i would say that and, like, again, I don't think this is no knock against LeBron. He has been the last best basketball player the last 15 years. He is the greatest basketball player of all time. But I just don't think, you know, we can't make the year 18 arguments as we've talked about before. Like, is what he's doing impressive compared to where he should be at this point in his career? Absolutely. But is he, you know, if I put him up against anybody in the league, I don't know if I pick him necessarily at this point. Um, so, I mean... Michael Jordan has it, had his Wizards years. LeBron can have these years. And these years are better than Michael Jordan's Wizards years. Like, he won a championship last year. That's very impressive. Um, and in terms of who the current face of the NBA is, like, I really don't know. I think it's just, like, a weird transition period because, like, you still kind of have LeBron holding on to that mantle, like, even if he's not the best player just because he's been so dominant. Um, but yeah, I don't know who else you pick. I think – I don't know if Durant is quite the face of the NBA. I think he's probably the best player in the NBA right now, but I don't think he's too much of a villain, I think, to ever be the face. So I think you'll see guys emerging, you know, over the next few years. You'll see Luca. You'll see my least favorite human being on earth, yes. Trey Young. You'll see Oh my like, gosh, like, everybody <laughs> just hates Trey Young now. Wow. Yes. Yeah, when he beats their team. Actually, you <laughs> know what? Who will be my the only person in this world I hate more than Trey Young is Ben Simmons, who went four for four oh my from God. the line tonight. You were just saying that they could win, I was win a championship. Was a bad free throw yeah. shooter. Let me read the quote. I made the graphic and I posted it on yeah, Instagram. I, I, I even commented. I said what I said, and I would like to Shaq no was an awful free throw shooter, and the Lakers won some championships. If you watch the team with Ben Simmons versus without Ben Simmons, there's a huge difference in the way they play. What a fraud. I should delete this right now. <laughs> I would trade his ass to Alaska right at this moment. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. He went four for 14 from the line tonight. 
they they just hacked him like the last they didn't make a field goal in the last six minutes of the game and just kept hacking him and he kept missing free throws. That's that's more of a liability depending on whatever else he does good. Wait, but hold on, hold on. I just want to backtrap. Were you are you seriously saying that Ben Simmons might be one of the faces of the NBA? I feel like he's just no, not no, that no, guy. No, 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 no. Oh, you literally just wanted to take a shot at him. Yeah. No, I think no, I think it's gonna be a guy like Luca or Trey or someone like that who will sort of take the role. Because I feel like even guys of like the Durant, Steph, yeah, I think Dame is even a little too old to be like yeah. a new face of the NBA. Yeah. And I don't think Jokic is like marketable enough Dude, Jokic uh, is like anti-marketable <laughs> he's like a meme like in a good way yeah yeah also yeah you know what? Giannis would be that guy if he was more flashy but he's I would know. say you know what the interesting thing about LeBron is is that outside of just being a really good basketball player he always had a charisma and professional poise Similar yeah. to somebody who like like Magic yeah. Johnson who had a really nice smile you know like you had something you can latch onto with them and I think LeBron James has that. And if I were to look at a guy coming up to be one of the next stars, does Luca have that? Yeah. Luca's a nice guy, but does Luca have necessarily the same professional poise? Just, I mean, just by the nature nature of being it a European player or Giannis being from Greece, you know, it's like, do, do they still have the same American charisma that a lot of people latch on to? I don't think it needs to be the American charisma. I mean, I feel like <laughs> Luca is already for, me, it's the, for the general public. I, He's a he's a fun player to watch. I think people like Luke. I was gonna say, I but. feel like he's already the most talked about player in the NBA right now. And he hasn't he's never even made it past the first round of the playoffs. <clears throat> right? I feel like people yeah. never shut up about Luca. At least on, yeah. you know, what but, I watch. But like uh Kawhi Leonard I would say is is a, is one of the, as up there as far as Luca goes as, you know, popular players. But Kawhi Leonard obviously just doesn't have the same level of charisma that yeah. mm-hmm. That you would look for in a superstar, and I don't know if anybody right now has that charisma, unless it's Zion, but he plays in a small market, hasn't made the playoffs, kind of thing. So I don't know. Give it time, Wyatt. Yeah. Zion has potential more in like the way that he has like magic in terms of the way they like carry themselves. Like he's very genuine and like just such a kid. Like you can tell, like he's just like a yeah. kid out there. Like I don't know, it's crazy. I I do like like listening to or watching his interviews and stuff, but. <clears throat> I don't think it needs to be like yes, LeBron is a like very polished spokesperson and like knows his brand really well and everything. But I don't think that has to be the like that big of a factor. Like sure, Luca doesn't really like, give you sound bites and stuff, but I think he's I think he's going to be, if not already, the face of the NBA. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I think Joel Embiid has a charisma for it. Oh, yeah, if I were to throw fair. it out there, yeah. it just yeah. whether or not he could stay healthy throughout the yeah. year. But yeah. as far as a person goes, yeah. <clears throat> By the way, this is all a right, stat Lucas. I heard too that Kevin Durant has led all playoff scorers in points per game four four different times, like four different years. The next closest is LeBron, who only did it twice. Oh yeah, Katie's pretty crazy I in mean, the playoffs. Uh-huh. Yeah, but- yeah, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world right yeah. now. I would say, without a doubt. I'm assuming two of those seasons were when he was on the Warriors, though, which immediately disqualifies them in my mind. Why? <laughs> well, I could I could believe the no, you could come on, Bart. Like Thompson had taken. You know what? Me uh-huh. too. I could too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Put the five of us on a starting five, but on the Warriors, and it's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Easy as that. Put me in that gold. 
Lucas, this might put a smile to your face. Uh, the floppers could be dethroned <laughs> this next season. The NBA's competition committee committee is apparently meeting to uh, further explore rule changes to restricting unnatural motions on jump shots players use to drop fouls. Uh, Woj called out Trey Young and James Harden, specifically when they lean into people, things like that. So, Aiden, is this a good move by the competition committee? Um, I'm actually for it. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally cool with anything that targets Trey Young, as Lucas has mentioned. Oh my god! <laughs> we're just, we're just well, he's from New York. On Trey Young. Trey yeah. from he's New York. From New York. I, I missed the anti-Trey Young memo. There's, there's no pattern, Jared. Okay, there's no. <laughs> so people from Milwaukee yeah. are gonna start hating. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not making any predictions. Uh, but, but <laughs> I like to think you're predicting Milwaukee is gonna make the conference finals. It's bold, but hey. Well, Hey, no, yeah. If, if Harden's going to score five points again, I don't know. It seems, yeah, that seems was pretty cool. possible. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, I just thought the whole thing was pretty funny, though, that apparently the NBA shared a video compilation of player examples with the 30 teams that outlines a number of motions deemed unnatural. So I just love the idea of the NBA like emailing a bunch of teams like a video of just James Harden and <laughs> Trey Young just flopping mm-hmm. around for 10 minutes. Um, but like, I think it's going to be it's going to be hard to enforce as any of these rule changes or at least initially like I think there's going to be a tone set by the refs in the first you know half of next season as to how often this is going to be called and how liberal they're going to be with it um but I think the game like the moves that you know it's targeting have always been somewhat gaming the system free throws aren't fun anyway like no one wants to watch James Harden you know make two free throws or shoot 20 free throws a game like I don't want to personally um so I don't I don't think it's a wrong thing to target to be honest um but it's still also unclear as to whether it'll result in like an offensive foul or just be ignored by the refs um I hope it's just ignored I would assume it's just going to be ignored which would be pretty satisfying to see them you know throw up a air ball and have nothing called um but i I do think like whether or not it's going to be successful is going to be apparent early on um based on whether it's actually enforced or not and whether the 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 refs actually go for it and make the call when it's necessary uh but i I do think it's a a good direction because i don't think anyone wants to watch them you know lean into someone and throw up a shot like i I, yeah I, i think it's a good thing to try to go after didn't they kind of alter the foul rules? I, I didn't look this up, unfortunately. That where wasn't there a big thing where a player would go for a jump shot, and then if somebody like kind of blew past them, they would just stick their leg out and then get that foul. I, I think that used yes. to be a thing they did, and they cr- and they like cracked down on it. Is that correct? Yeah, they yeah. used to players used to kick their feet out on the top of a jump yeah. shot in order to draw a foul. So, so I guess yes. there is precedent to being yeah. able to like remove unwanted. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's fair. A lot of people talk about the current state of the NBA and LeBron James could never could never survive the 90s. It's because players could literally just get clobbered driving through the lane and they wouldn't call the foul as part of the game. And then they change the rules and the rules change and they don't call the they call those differently now. And as the NBA is going to progress, they're going to people are going to find more loopholes and figure out ways to, to, you know, work around the refs. Yeah, James Harden does it right now when he does his three-step step back because he has a gather step. Giannis does it when he drives in transition because he somehow like throws the ball 
you know, a couple of feet in front of him and goes and gets it. Or he, yeah. everybody uses the gather step now th- to their advantage. But the rules are going to change. And I think this is a good move in the right direction because I do believe that there is part of the game that is a little bogus when a player just leans into somebody else when they could just do anything else, create more space or whatever. Because a lot of the times, the reason why Trey Young is so hard to guard sometimes is just because he, if you guard him close, he'll lean into you. And if you guard him far, it's too much space for him. So I, I hope it, le- it levels out the competition. I don't think it's going to make this huge change yeah. in the NBA where, you know, like Trey Young is now a bum and he'll never <laughs> be able to play ever again. Or James Harden is, you know, back to a six-man role and he'll, he'll you know, lose his stardom. But I, I hope that it equates into some better basketball product a little bit. And the, the hard part is, is we're going to go through this stretch of – basketball where we just watch Fox and ESPN talk about how the game is hard to watch because the refs are calling or the refs are something to do about the refs, whether they're calling too many fouls or not calling enough. And then eventually at some point they're going to, the game is just going to level back out. But I hope everybody sticks to their guns with this and that we get a little bit of competition resolution, I guess you could say uh, in next year's NBA season. I also don't think this is the biggest problem in the world. Yeah. With the NBA, you know, it's, it's, it's a good one, but if they don't, I guess I don't care as much either. What's the yeah. biggest problem? Uh, you'd have to give me a couple more minutes. I agree though. It's, it's annoying whenever it happens, but like it doesn't happen. Like, I don't know, more than a couple times a game. It's not like Trey Young's gonna, yeah, as you said, it's not gonna like he's gonna be scoring ten points a game next season. Like, you know, it's weird because a lot of uh, major media companies they they compliment players as like a huge part of the game as getting to the free throw line, <laughs> which normally just means that you just drive the lane. But you know, James Harden is so good at getting to the free throw yeah. line, and Trey Young and whoever it might be. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, I think, like I think they've definitely pushed for it, like Jared said, like ESPN, like they yeah. people have created this narrative that you need to draw more fouls. Yeah. And I have nothing against so them drawing more fouls that way at the moment. No, it's a loophole. Right? Like it's it's smart. Yeah, exploit the loophole. But as long yeah. as it exists, why not yeah, do it? Yeah. But it, it yeah. maybe it just shouldn't exist. Yeah. And what's the next you know, loophole? I don't know. What's what are they gonna do? And next no, they, they were literally there will always be will always, something exactly. to do. Like I said, they used to like uppercut each other <laughs> when somebody went for a layup to now to the point where like people are still finding ways and they just yeah. wanna call it. And I'll tell you what, if they weren't calling like if you weren't if you were to if people were able to right hook LeBron James right before he shot a three <laughs> and they didn't call it they would do it, but it just that's just the way a game moves. So I, I eventually, at some point, will this will never be We're gonna go to t- a completely to fixed a touch basketball equivalent. <laughs> no touching, any yeah. contact. Yeah, I'm exactly. Peel. I feel like this is a prime Key and Peel skit where like how people thought of '90s basketball, where they like just have like people clobbering each other. <laughs> this, there's got to be a skit out there already by somebody. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, or just watch yeah. '80s Pistons highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mouse and the pals. Yeah. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we want that. Aughts, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We all just wish we were around <laughs> in the eighties and nineties, let's be honest. Okay. Mm-hmm. All sports were better, everything was better, you know. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's gonna do it for us today. Uh thanks for tuning in. Per usual, if you liked what you heard, uh 
please follow us on every possible social media there is um any social media name it we're on it tiktok instagram LinkedIn. twitter yeah. Yeah, did you say linkedin LinkedIn. <laughs> My exactly we have a Smack. professional side too just like Kick. lebron we have a professional side um yeah exactly you thought sport yeah follow, follow us our apple, yeah. our apple music exactly. playlist yeah. match with us on want. dating apps yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're on all of them hinge yeah um, just <laughs> you will find us out there um if you didn't like us yeah just don't know, forget what you've heard exactly don't yeah don't comment on anything don't make it known please um but anyway we'll be back next week plenty more to talk about i'm sure we got plenty more nba action coming up um in the coming weeks um but anyway thanks for listening see you next week